Welcome back, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. I'm Dave Barfield. And I'm Josiah Jones. And this is the Christ Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. We hope our show will encourage, challenge, and uplift you with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In today's episode, we talk about some things in the world around us, discuss the latest sermon, read some scripture, and as always, we'll spend time praying for you. So let's get to it. <laughs> Sorry. So do you like Christmas music? I don't know. Do you? Of course. <laughs> Just because it's Christmas doesn't mean I have to like the song Santa Baby. <laughs> well, not according to the stores you walk into. Uh, well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show, and we hope you had a great time of Thanksgiving last week for all of God's blessings that he has lavished on us as we hinted. Merry Christmas to you all. It's always a fast turnaround this time of year from one holiday to the next. I suppose that helps keep it fun. Josiah, are you having yourself a merry little Christmas so far? (laughs) So far we are, definitely. Um, Day three of Advent season and... Um, we are starting to decorate the the house. At least the inside is done. I haven't gotten the outside <laughs> done yet. That's good. So um, day three, and you haven't turned into a Scrooge yet. No, no, no. Okay, I wouldn't do that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> well, <How about> you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I don't like Santa, baby. You would think I'm a Scrooge. No, I love Christmas, um, especially having um, a wonderful wife and young kids. I think when I was single, I didn't really. I didn't celebrate it much. I mean, it was loved, loved giving gifts and receiving gifts, but uh, having the kids love lights and decorations and things like that, it's kind of rekindled the, the Christmas spirit in this old Scrooge. So <laughs> anyway, what what traditions do you guys have as a family? Well, um, on Thanksgiving, we enjoy a, a feast. Jen uh, does a great job cooking. Um, we, uh, um, after that, we'll decorate hmm. at least the inside of the house, I haven't right, got to the right. outside yet, as mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um, we will watch a movie together, and the okay. movie we watch is The Grinch with Jim Carrey. Oh, okay. So that's how, I have how never could seen you be? It. Well, yeah. how could you be uh, a Scrooge after watching <laughs> uh, The Grinch's heart warmed? It, uh, mm. So anyway... Uh, you know, he's larger than life and ridiculous. There's ridiculous humor in it, but it's right. uh, so th- that's been one of our traditions. And then, um, later we're, we're planning on uh, going to see uh, some, some lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and um, well, and then we have Christmas, of course, Eve. yeah, normal traditions, normal traditions, yeah. but church, but yeah, cool. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I I grew up watching the old one, the How the Grinch Stole, Chris, Stole Christmas, the cartoon, which we loved as a family. And well, haven't you, haven't you, watched it yet, but you'll have to see the Jim Carrey. Version. Okay, <laughs> I'll put that on my to do list. So let's get to um, the sermon from Sunday in particular. And uh, actually, I was thinking first we should talk about the the new sermon series, right? So this was it's Sunday was the first Sunday of Advent. And you started a new sermon series in the book of John. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Um, So this new series is uh, titled Behold His Glory. Um, I said at the beginning of uh, this sermon uh, that our hearts hunger for glory, and we see that manifested in many ways, whether it's from our our desire to see greatness watching highlight... uh, 
uh, a reel of football game or or seeing majestic mountains like the Rockies or or you know Grand Canyon, whatever it might be, or just going from one uh, a video to another of uh, on, on the internet of highlights. We our hearts hunger to be captured by something that is truly great. And that's because God made us um, to to behold, to see, to be captured mm-hmm. by something great. But ultimately, it's to be captured by His glory. Yes, that's revealed in creation, um, but supremely that's revealed uh, in uh, His Son, Jesus Christ. And so taking the cue from this is what John is after... Um, from uh, John 1, uh, verse 14, where he says, Jesus, the Word became flesh, dwelt among us, and we have beheld his glory, mm-hmm. glory as of the only begotten, from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so, um, interestingly, is that's, or so that's the, the, what we're going after in, in this series, uh, to behold the glory our hearts were meant to be captured by. They're meant to run on the pure, 100% pure, uh, high-octane um, uh, uh, fuel of uh, Christ's glory. So w- what I was saying, the interesting thing is we didn't begin the series, though, at the beginning <laughs> of the book of John, but mm-hmm. at the end, and that's because... Um, it's at the end in John 20, verses 30 through 31, that John tells us why he wrote uh, his account of the life and ministry of Jesus. And so that's where we looked to see why it is that we need to behold Jesus' glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, John tells us and summarized it in really two, two statements. Uh, we need to behold the glory of Jesus, to believe the gospel of Jesus, and we need to believe the gospel of Jesus to experience the life of Jesus, the life that we're intended to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fellowship. awesome. And, and it's a neat segue, not a segue, mm-hmm. but uh, it's a neat follow-up to the Daniel series because um, so much of Daniel uh, was looking forward to something, right, so that... the. Um, you know, apocalyptic things, and then also, but then the, the fulfillment of, of prophecies in the person of Jesus Christ. And so now we're in John, and we're, and we're seeing some of those things that Daniel was talking about uh, coming coming true. Um, so uh, it's just kind of neat to pair those together in, in, in an experience, because I don't think if I were writing a, a plan for sermon series, I would think, oh, well, Daniel, and then obviously John would come next. Yeah. <laughs> um, but looking back at it, I'm thinking, oh, wow, this really is cool, because you start to see some of the, um, you have the prophetic visions, and then you have some real stories, some narratives that you can kind of uh, cling to that that reveal Jesus. And I liked how you said um, that we're all made for a high octane of God's glory, um, and I've heard it said that we're all, we're all worshipers, and we're all going to yes. worship something. By God's grace, for for those of us that are believers, we get to worship Jesus, right? Yes. Um, and um, 
but those yeah that aren't believers are stuck in worshiping something else, some other type of idol, at least for their soul's sake um, at this point. So they're worshiping whether it's fame or money or whatever, something else that, that that's captivated their um, glory eye. Uh, but for those of us that are believers, we can we we are worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ because um, by His Spirit in our lives we have beheld His glory, and so it's neat to think that. Everybody's a worshiper, right? We're yes. made to worship. Yes. We are hardwired to worship. Um, of course, as even as believers, we can get our eyes off of Jesus and make idols out of other things as well. But our hearts are definitely wired to worship. You already gave us a summary of the sermon, so that's good because I don't have to. I can cross that off the off the uh, the to do list. So um, I, I love the Book of John, and I want to just kind of talk about the Book of John. This is probably the most influential book um, in my spiritual life, perhaps, well, maybe other than Hebrews, I suppose. But um, I love how the book of John uh, just feels like it's it's written just for me. You know, like there's so many personal things in the book of John that feel like it's just like, here, Dave, this is for you. Yes. Well, that's Dave is because it was written for you. <laughs> right. And for me. Yeah. Um, and and uh, it was written for... Um, John tells us that we may uh, see Jesus for who he is, that we might believe, and that believing might have life in his name. The book of John has, it was written with an evangelistic um, mm-hmm. thrust to, to encounter uh, Jesus um, as he is revealed in the gospel. And one of the most powerful uh, displays of 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 Christ in His glory that we can find is found uh, in the Gospel of John, mm-hmm. and so that we as individuals mm-hmm. can encounter Him in His glory. Now, just to, uh, quickly to take a step back, as mm-hmm. you were mentioning from Daniel, mm-hmm. uh, the the connection Daniel does point forward to the Son of Man, mm-hmm. who is. Uh, um, so, someone who is glorious, and then we get to behold him mm-hmm. in uh, as he's revealed uh, right. in the Gospel of John. We get to behold the glory. We begin to see um, just how amazing um, uh, the Son of God is that, that uh, was pointed to by Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with the Gospel of John, so here's the one whom uh, God's people were longing for because he had been pointed to in passages like Daniel. So here he is. Behold him in his glory, which is what we get to do uh, this Advent. Um, and yet, even as we're beholding his glory revealed in the face of Jesus Christ, um, we are not yet seeing him face to face. So we still have that longing for the beatific vision, for mm-hmm. to see Jesus in all of his glory face to face. And the more we see of his glory here and now in the Gospel of John, which is a massive theme for John, the, the, the deeper our longing will be to see him face to face and be made like him. This is what we're made for, to know and to enjoy the God of the universe Mm -hmm. forever. Yeah, we'll we'll see him and be like him, because we'll see him as he is. So you you mentioned in your sermon, um, in the Old Testament, there were these visible manifestations of 
God's glory. And I, I take that to mean a few things. Obviously, there were theophanies like the burning bush and Jacob and the, the angel, etc. Um, but, of course, there was the pillar of smoke and the cloud that led the Israelites to the wilderness and fire coming down from heaven into the Holy of Holies, Ark of the Covenant, all of these things. But then all of these occurrences culminated in the person and work of Jesus. But then after Jesus, nothing. Kind of. <laughs> Why do you think that is, right? I mean, so the, all of these things, Old Testament, just chock full of visible, yeah, visible, yeah. visible things. Yeah. And then Jesus, the most visible representation of Jesus. Yes. And now nothing. Why do you yes. think that is? Well, that's a great question, Dave. And I think you've mentioned uh, your favorite book is Hebrews. It is. And I, I think, love it. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, uh, there's a clue in the, uh, the book of Hebrews at the very beginning mm-hmm. where um, the writer of the Hebrews talks about in past times, God uh, spoke through uh, the prophets in various ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. All of the theophanies, all of those things, as spectacular as they were, were pointing to the to the culmination, the fullness, the final revelation of God in the person of Jesus. And so... That's why we've beheld his glory in the person of Christ. And so um, the the next, uh, uh, what we're waiting is to behold in his fullness face to face. But how do we, we don't have a visible, because Christ has ascended, he's indwelt us by his spirit. And so the visible part of his glory is uh, that we still are meant to see is in the reflection of his body, mm-hmm. uh, it reflected in his people, um, so that uh, um, as his people are being transformed by him, um, we're to be reflectors of his glory. So Jesus will say, let your light so shine mm-hmm. before men that they may see your good works and glorify Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. So um, Jesus is, the two-part answer <laughs> to summarize is, Jesus is the final display. Everything we saw was pointing to him. He's the final full revelation. He is the radiance of the Father's glory, mm-hmm. the exact imprint of the divine nature. And Jesus, now ascended, exalted, has poured out his Holy Spirit so that um, he might be reflected mm-hmm. through his body. We have a visible... Ex- uh, uh, we see Christ um, a, a glory visibly as he's transforming his people. His body are the hands and feet mm-hmm. uh, of, of yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's good. And I, I was also thinking about Jesus' words to Thomas when he um, appeared to him so so warmly and pastorally and uh, told Thomas to feel his hands and put his hand in yes. his side. Yes, And Thomas said he believed at that point. Yep. And Jesus said, so you believe because you've seen? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So there's almost this advantage that we have, which sounds so counterintuitive. We almost have this advantage over those that did have the visible manifestations of Jesus um, because of faith— we still see him, yes. um, and that's a, a, a more blessed thing, you know, which which does seem seem like it's on its head. 
And yet, um, the, the, you know, that's what Jesus is, is saying there, that we're blessed for believing, even though we haven't seen. Yes, and Peter, who was there and observed Jesus' pastoral ministry mm-hmm. uh, to Thomas, uh, would r- reflect that in his own pastoral ministry to, uh, in First in Peter, uh, when he talks about the blessing I- itself uh, of seeing Jesus through the eyes of faith rather than through with the physical eyes, he'll say, um, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not, though we, and he includes himself now, mm-hmm. do not see him, we believe in him and rejoice mm-hmm. with the joy that uh, is inexpressible, filled with glory obtaining the outcome of our faith, the mm-hmm. salvation of our souls. Mm-hmm. There is, by the indwelling Holy Spirit, a sight <clears throat> of Jesus through, of, through faith that has an even greater uh, blessing, and it's a taste of glory that uh, is pointing to the fuller uh, um, experience of mm-hmm. glory that God's people will have when we do see Jesus in all his glory face yeah. to face. Yeah, and there's almost something of an, an apologetic here, I think. Uh, it kind of gets back to what you're saying. And An apologetic, for, for those maybe not familiar with the term, is a kind of a defense or an argument for something, not not as a, an apology for you know a wrongdoing, but there's almost an apology. I'm sorry, I believe in Jesus. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. there's yeah. almost a defense here or a, a rational way of getting to uh, the truth of Scripture because, as you, as you mentioned, pointing back to, uh, to Jesus are, is the visible manifestation now of his body, which means the church changed lives, people coming to faith. All of those things point to something, right? Those are visible manifestations pointing back to, here's what Jesus did. He died, he rose, he ascended, he gave gifts. The building of his church is almost like, it, it is an apologetic, it's a defense yes. for, a reason for, uh, the truth of Scripture, that he, here's what he's doing. He's continuing to do these things. And if none of it were true, um, if these things that we're talking about in the life of Jesus weren't true, then these visible manifestations wouldn't be here. Um, certainly not with the continuity that it that it has, the Church has had over two millennia. Uh, cults come and go, religions come and go, um, yes. but the continuity and the uh, strength and the constant building of Christ's visible body here on earth is a strong apology for for uh, the truth of, of the Scriptures. Yes, yes. Uh, why? <laughs> After, uh, you know, uh, the scholar uh, N.T. Wright um, mm-hmm. uh, talks about with uh, how the, the church and the massive explosion of the church after mm-hmm. uh, the death of Christ being a powerful apologetic for his resurrection mm-hmm. and his present activity, because normally history, there were all kinds of people who uh, claimed to be Messiah and mm-hmm. then were killed, and then uh, th- those who were his followers packed up their bags and they found either found a new Messiah or just went home. <laughs> um, but the the first disciples didn't. Why? Because they had seen the risen Christ, and then uh, Peter, when he preaches on the day of Pentecost, as the Spirit was poured out Mm -hmm. and was changing lives, transforming lives, he says, 
this is what was prophesied. This yeah, means, yeah, exactly. Jesus, yeah. he is exalted. Yeah. He is seated at the right hand. He is now ruling. Mm-hmm. He has poured out his Holy Spirit, and he's at work now. And so the book of Acts is what Jesus continues right. to do now through his body. Mm-hmm. And as he is uh, invigorating, enlivening, transforming our lives, it is an apologetic yeah. to the watching world, Jesus is at work. Behold him in his yeah. glory. A transformed life is a very strong defense for the Christian faith. And uh, Jesus is building his church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Amen. Next up, we want to spend a few moments in God's Word. The Word of God shapes us, it builds us up, it edifies us, and as we just discussed, it reveals Jesus to us. So every verse, every word is crucial to listen to. Josiah, what passage will you be reading for us today? Dave, let's spend time uh, focusing our hearts on Jesus coming into this broken world. We're going to read Philippians 2, verses 3 through 11. Here is God's word. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. By taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That's awesome. What stands out from you, or for you, uh, today from that text? Dave, uh, this is a rich passage, and we've actually read this uh, before, but I wanted us to read this uh, to focus. Really, there's one word. It's Greek, uh, the word from which, or the doctrine that's sometimes referred to as kenosis, <laughs> yeah, uh, fr- from from the Greek word that points to he emptied himself. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where some people at church history got themselves in trouble in suggesting that Jesus, in the incarnation, emptied himself of divinity, mm-hmm. which is obviously not. He continued mm-hmm. to be uh, a fully God, but what did he empty himself of? He emptied himself of his privileges, mm-hmm. of his rights, mm-hmm. in order to, um, in order to veil, as one great hymn says, veil in flesh the Godhead see, in mm-hmm. order to come and enter into our world and to serve us, in order that we might see and know um, uh, uh, God, ultimately taking the form of a servant. Um, uh, it taking the lowest place, uh, finally, uh, um, it, by serving us through his death on the cross, uh, 
so that we could uh, um, we could know and enjoy mm-hmm. God forever. So this passage points to this stunning length that God the Son would go mm-hmm. so that we can know Him and enjoy Him. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And this uh, this idea that he emptied himself as, of his divinity, it, I mean, it, it's kind of refuted in the text. If you just if you just look at the next phrase, yes. you know, if he didn't just stop at the whole emptying, okay, well, well what did what does it mean to do that? Well, oh, it's by taking the form of, of a servant, just like yes. you said, relinquishing rights, relinquishing relinquishing privileges. That that's what being a servant yes. is, and I think that's what Paul is getting at, obviously, in this text, is that. He became a servant, the God of the universe, yes. who withholds everything, He cre- who created everything, who is due everything, instead became a servant. It's just astounding. It is. And this is such a... Uh, um, uh, it's an opportunity for us as we behold the glory of God in Christ, in His humiliation, mm-hmm. which sounds so counterintuitive, you know, intuitive, but this is how... Behold... It's mm-hmm. really when you see who he is that you can appreciate. Sure. Uh, there were plenty of babies being born in, yes, <laughs> in uh, Bethlehem that, that day. That you can appreciate yeah. the wonder, the right. love that's displayed in the incarnation. Yeah. And as we behold the glory of God revealed in Christ, uh, who is equal with God, doesn't consider that equality a thing to be grasped, but empties himself. Mm-hmm. That is meant to transform us so that we uh, would reflect him uh, to our world as as we would not cling to our rights, as we would not uh, uh, demand what is ours, but Mm -hmm. we would uh, be transformed into his likeness and serve others. And my prayer is for us, for me, as uh, just a follower of Jesus, as a worshiper of Jesus, that I would be made like him and would uh, display something of his uh, glory in how I would serve my family, mm-hmm. how I would serve our staff and uh, leaders, how I would serve our congregation, how I would serve our neighbors, our world. And I'm praying that as we behold the glory of Jesus, we as a congregation would be doing that. We mm-hmm. would be serving uh, one another, we would be mm-hmm. emptying ourselves of our rights of our right. of uh, to to serve others, uh, and 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 the world around us would see something of Jesus' glory mm-hmm. through us. And that's a direct command that Paul has here in this passage. He says, "Have this mind." Okay, what, what mind? The one that was in Christ Jesus. Okay, the one that met, led him to become a servant to give up his rights yes. and privileges. And then he, the, the the heading in verse three, do nothing from selfish ambition, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. <laughs> that that's what he did. That was the mind that that Paul yes. wants us to have. That's what the mind, the mind that Jesus had was counting others more significant uh, than uh, than yourself. And so, um, you know, that's a good challenge. I think going into Christmas, looking for ways to be a servant. You know, <laughs> we get caught up in making a. Christmas lists and checking it twice, make sure, you know, we, we, we tell others what we want when they ask, you know, politely, well, I would like this new blah, blah, blah. Um, but maybe the challenge is, um, uh, as much time as we think about what presents we would like to get, we spend twice as much serving others, uh, somehow, whether it's a neighbor or our church or, 
um, our family, whatever, uh, but have that mind in, in us that was in Christ Jesus, giving up rights and privileges to become a servant. Yes. It's speaking of just a practical way, mm-hmm. whether it, it could be e- even in our own body, serving as a greeter. We now have two services. Oh, yeah. It would be amazing. Yeah. Or serving uh, um, in um, nursery. We've, mm-hmm. We were talking in staff um, yesterday about uh, um, how we'd love to be able to to offer um, uh, uh, child care in both Christmas Eve services. And th- this is something that uh, these are ways, these are tangible ways sure. that we can serve mm-hmm. um, visitors who come yeah. and and who have young children to be able to really uh, focus in and behold the glory of Jesus and hear the good news of mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. So these are ways that it requires, yeah, it requires a, a, a rearranging of schedules and thinking through. Um, but what a way mm-hmm. to reflect the glory of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And we always have, uh, lots of visitors coming through our doors, which is, which is great because you think during the, <laughs> this era of, uh, 2020, you wouldn't see new people at a church and yet we're seeing new people each week and man, they need to be greeted. They need to be yes. shown the love of Jesus. And yes. that's a great a great way to do that. Yeah, I got to get here 15 minutes early and yeah. wear a lanyard that says, I'm happy to see you. <laughs> we know that's hard for <laughs> some of us. So and pray through so that I really through. am happy to see you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's awesome. It's a great privilege or uh, uh, possibility to uh, to serve people in that way. And those types of things are all over the place. At greeting or kids ministry or um, you know, sanitizing things afterwards. Um, uh, the point is, um, Jesus was a servant. And he wants us to be like him. As we close, we want to pray for you. We know this time of year can be filled with lots of stress and also lots of opportunities to serve others. And so we want to pray that the Spirit of God will work mightily through his people during this time. Josiah, why don't you pray for us, and then I'll close. Yes, gladly. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are stunned, amazed, grateful uh, that you, the eternal Son of God, the one who from all eternity at the Father's side, uh, enjoying the privileges and rights that are yours as God the Son did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but you emptied yourself, making yourself nothing, taking the form of a servant. Lord Jesus, you stooped to the the lowest possible rung of humanity in order to serve us, in order that we might know you, and in knowing you, know the Father and have life and that abundantly. Lord Jesus, I pray that during this Advent season, we would behold more of your glory, that you, by your word and spirit, would open the eyes of our hearts to see Jesus, that we who know you would see more of you and be changed by you, that this Advent season would be a time when your glory would shine brightly, not only through your word going forth, 
but through your people being transformed by your word, that there would be an that there would be a reflection of Jesus that is powerful uh, in how we love and serve and prefer one another and how we love and serve uh, those in our communities, whether it's through engaged groups or just through uh, interactions with um, uh, one another or with our neighbors um, or serving in various ways in our community. May people see the glory of Jesus shining through us. And so may they be drawn to him. May they come to love and trust and know him. May their lives begin to be run on that high-octane fuel of his glory. And so experience the life that you, Jesus, came to bring. And Father, I just want to thank you for um, Jesus and his success here on earth. Lord, he came and he didn't fail. Um, in all the ways that we have failed, he didn't. And for that, we are so grateful. We thank you that you've given him a name above every name, um, the Messiah, Jesus. The Lord is salvation. And so we give you praise for that now and um, during this season in a special way as we reflect on his coming, uh, setting his face towards Jerusalem to give himself as a sacrifice for his people. Um, and so we thank you and we give you praise and we stand in awe of your plan. Um, if this weren't true, we would be most miserable. And yet we know that it's true because your spirit has worked in our hearts and shown us that it is true. Thank you, Father, for your love for us Thank you for um, being so gracious and merciful and persistent to come after us, um, your wayward people, and sending Jesus to bring us into your presence again. I'm astounded at this story, astounded at what you've written, uh, and thank you so much that it's a true story, that we can bank our souls on it. So I pray that it's true for each person listening today, that they would um, see Jesus and behold his glory in new and wonderful ways, perhaps for the first time, or perhaps in fresh ways for those that have already tasted and seen that you are good. And so we just ask that for your hands of blessing on each person listening, and we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for listening. If you've enjoyed this, we invite you to share it with family and friends. To learn more about our church, visit us online at ChristCommunityCarmel.org. And if you're in the Indianapolis area, we invite you to join us in person on Sunday mornings. Until then, thank you for joining us, and the peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Amen. And God bless.